Trioris was described by some as a blessed world. Blessed by whom or what was open to interpretation. The facts that were known were simply these. In the year 898 of the 30th millennium of the Imperium, a being came to Trioris who was known as the Golden King. Hailed as a liberator, he banished the graven cults that ruled before his coming. He slew them with sword and storm, an army of knights at his command that were both magnificent and terrifying. The cabal of sorcerer lords that the Golden King vanquished had enslaved the Traorans, a people who had not known peace or freedom for many centuries, their ancestors having ventured from old earth long ago. Alone, isolated during the time of old night, Traorus fell victim to a primordial evil. Sin made the minds of weaker men eager vessels for this darkness, and only glorious light would remove it. And so it was that the Golden King banished darkness, preaching freedom and enlightenment. He touched this world with his mere presence. He blessed it. Many years passed, and between the Golden King's departure and the recolonization that followed, Traorus was slowly transformed. Gone were the bastions of the sorcerer lords, great factories and mills rising in their stead. Industry came to Traorus and its people. Eight cities stood upon its grey earth, built upon the ruins of the old, their tenements teeming with workers. Anwe, Umra, Ixon, Vor, Lotan, Kren, Orl, and Ranos. They were islands of civilization, divided by many kilometers of inhospitable ash desert and storm-lashed lightning fields, raised up where seams of ore coveted by Mars were in their greatest concentrations. Yes, Trioris was described by some as a blessed world but not by any who lived there. Though she knew in her heart it was futile, Alantea ran. It was raining hard and had been ever since the ships of ebony and crimson had been spotted in the sky over Ranos. Underfoot, the rain-lashed street was slick. She'd fallen twice already and her knee throbbed dangerously with the past impacts. Alantea had been working a factorum shift, so was only wearing green-grey overalls and a thin cotton shirt darkened from white to grey by manual labour. A plastic coat kept out the worst of the rain, but parted as she ran. Her hair was drenched and hung down in front of her face in blonde clumps, obscuring her vision in the dark. Phosphor lamps hissed and spat as the raindrops touched them. Shadows clawed away from the dingy light, revealing square structures of grey granite beneath them. The whole city was grey, from the fog that oozed from the foundry stacks to the stone slabs under Alantea's feet. Ranus was dark iron. It was industry and strength. It was an engine that ran on muscle and blood. It was also her home. The phosphor lamps glared like beacons, hurting Alantea's eyes, but she welcomed them because they would lead her to the square, if she could just reach Cardinal Square. Heavy footfalls drummed behind her, 
a noisy refrain against the frenzied beating of her heart, and as she turned down a side street, she dared to glance back. A shadow, just a shadow, that's all she really saw. But she'd seen these shadows tear old Yuli apart, gut her dutiful overseer like he was swine, and leave his steaming offal on the ground for him to look upon as he died. The others had died soon after. Throaty barks, accompanied by harsh muzzle flashes from thick black guns, had ripped them apart. Nothing was left, not even bodies. The factorum floor, a bloodbath, its various machineries destroyed. Alantea had bolted for the gate to the yard. She'd considered taking one of the hauler trucks until one of the half-tracks exploded, chewed up by a heavy cannon. So instead she ran. Now they chased her, those shadows, never fast nor urgent, but always just a few steps away. Fear was in the air that night. Talk was rife among the workers that men had been found and arrested in the culverts. Rumours abounded of strange doings, of ritual suicides and other acts. The clavigers had apparently found a missing girl with the men, or at least her remains. But what was worse was that the men were just ordinary citizens, workers of Ranos, just like her. So when the factorum was hit, paranoia and terror were already infecting its workers. The panic had been terrifying. But a different kind of fear seized Alantea now, one fueled by the desperate desire to escape it, and the belief that something far worse than death waited for her if she didn't.